Hi, everyone. My name is Sumbul Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we're two of Cambridge's new city councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We are back. It's been a while. It's been, it's been like three weeks. Oh, my God, it has. Yeah, December 17th was the last time we recorded. Oh, that, that week. Yeah. Oh, wow. Although that, when we were both like, we're on, like, we're on vacation. I was a little like loopy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so loopy. Well, uh, we had the holidays and Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. I went to Pakistan to visit my family. Uh, it was a great trip. I hadn't been in 11 years. I hadn't traveled abroad since then. So this was a really great trip. Um, I wish my parents had gone, come with me, but I'll hopefully bring them in the future. And after Pakistan, I went to Thailand for a good friend's wedding. Uh, and it was honestly amazing. I saw the pictures. I was really jealous. It was it was awesome. So my friend is Thai, and her family and her they're just very generous people. So it was great to be in Thailand to to meet Thai people, and uh, they're pe- Thai people are just so hospitable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was that's the word, right? Friendly, <laughs> friendly, and just just so welcoming. Uh, and so I lo- loved being there. I got to go to Chiang Mai with some friends after the wedding. I went zip lining, which I don't believe. You don't believe it? No. <laughs> Didn't you not see the? I sent you the video. I, I know I saw the video, but like I just I can't put it together with you. So yeah, so many people are right? like at work have been like, no, you are so dignified. I was like, really? <laughs> have you met me? They're like, you went ziplining. You're so, and I was like, I'm actually like pretty fun. Isn't that sad that everyone's like, oh, you're so dignified? That just means boring. Exactly, right? exactly. They're like, wow, oh, oh. You're, you're actually a fun person. I'm actually a really first fun person. I have a lot of friends. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I'm very jet lagged. I got back Saturday night. I know I, I was we were in an ordinance committee meeting. And at one point I looked over and you just were, you looked glassy eyed. Oh, I like been so jet lagged. Yeah, like at four, three. Oh, and I'm, tr- I'm finally starting. I slept better last night. But Thailand is 12 hours ahead. Yeah, it's a, it's totally a mess up. It's a mess up. So uh, anyway, I'm blessed that I had such a great time. I missed everyone. How were your holidays? Um, they were good. They were uneventful. And I slept so much. That's amazing. It's like I was always remembering that I, I announced that I was running like two years ago. So I've just I feel like I've just been like running ever since. So it was really nice to have some time off where I could just like and I just slept. It was great. I saw some movies slept it was good that sounds amazing. i know and we're back at it we're back at it we're back here ready to roll did you watch any new shows i did um i watched a very british affair hmm. with hugh grant where he is um so hugh grant plays jeremy thorpe who was a member of parliament in the 1970s so he had a relationship with this man named norman scott and you know they broke up it was very messy like beyond messy and then <laughs> jeremy thorpe like tries to get the guy murdered huh and it's like a true story. Like I kept, it's so bonkers. The whole story is so bananas. Um, and I kept like looking up online and it's true. Everything in there is true. And it, it was really good. But it was really interesting because the um, kind of woven throughout the, the show was that the laws were changing around gay rights um, in England at that time in parliament. So the subtext was really fascinating, uh, especially since they echo some of the transgender fights we're having at the policy level right now in the United States. Um, which I guess leads us into um, an issue that was discussed on Monday night's meeting. Yeah, and before we get there and yeah. to that important message, oh yeah, 
Have you seen any good shows? Yeah, I started watching this show called Dirty John with Connie Britton. Have you heard of it? No, but I love her. She's, I love her so much. Is her hair still good? Yeah, she's just, she's a, I I love her as an actress. So she's, it's, the show's based on a podcast uh, and it's about a woman who's dating online and finds this guy who says he's a doctor uh, and he's not. Not a doctor. So not a doctor. So it's it's a based on a true story. So you have to watch. I don't want to spoil anything because the twists are so great. How many episodes? Right now, I, it's season one, and it's on Bravo. Oh, Bravo. Okay. It's about um, I think uh, eight nine episodes. I'm on it. You gotta watch it. I'll send you the link. Okay. Uh, so that's amazing. And I also caught up on Outlander, which you know I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all the fans out there, <laughs> I get judged for for loving it so much. But Netflix in Thailand has the most recent season. Oh, okay. And I don't have stars here, so you you got to like I just like watch it. Caught up because I got sick a few times, so I was like in bed for mm-hmm. a, a day or two. Uh, so I just binged. So. So great holiday watching, uh, I hope. And our shows are coming back after the winter hiatus. Well, also, can I just tell everybody, the big news in the Mallon household is that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is coming back. Oh, I today. know. Today. Oh, today. It's tonight. And so, like, we've had a countdown. We've had, like, one of those construction paper things where we take off every day, practically. Like, wow. my son is so excited. So big, big day today. One show I have to watch. Yeah, not watch for sure. So to the more important things, yes. uh, so on Monday night, um, we did have a discussion about um, an important policy. So New York City signed a provision into law that allows people born in New York City who do not identify as male or female to amend and change their birth certificate sex to a third category of X. So children and youth up to 18 could also do this with their parents and over 18, you could do it yourself. Uh, the law also eliminates the requirement that a person requesting a change to the sex designation on a birth certificate present proof from a health professional. And the New York Health Department, in discussion with other states and advocates, had found that um, having practitioners affirm or attest to a person's person's uh, applicant's gender identity was both a barrier for persons without access to a practitioner and didn't add any significant value in the process of process of deciding whether a new birth certificate uh, should be issued. So on Monday night, the council voted to have Cambridge join New York City in this effort, along with the states of Maine, Oregon, and California, and D.C. And New Jersey will be starting this uh, law in February. And this was sponsored by the mayor and co-sponsored by me, you, and Councilor Simmons, uh, and was voted unanimously. And actually, you mentioned this, in Massachusetts, the state Senate had uh, has had voted to allow someone to check check X instead of male or female on their driver license um, and other state identity cards, but this is yet to be taken up in the House or signed into law by Governor Baker. So we don't have any idea how long this will take our state legislature to take this back up again, but it's only covering state IDs, not birth certificates. And we hope that this home rule legislation will prompt other municipalities to follow suit and signal their support for a statewide, a statewide version, and that pushes the that issue to the forefront of the state house agenda this term. Yeah, and it was interesting doing some reading around the New York City uh, laws. You know that provision where healthcare professionals could even sign an affidavit so that they could get they could change it on there. We don't even have that here in Massachusetts. Right. So I, I'm surprised for a progressive state that we don't have some some laws around the state IDs and birth certificates. So Cambridge is really kind of coming out at the forefront of this. And um, I really, you know, I after doing the whole yes on three, going through all of that, and, 
you know, knocking on doors and really hearing from residents, it, it was really important yeah. to all of us to, to ensure that we're doing what we can. Um, I really feel like this designation will be a signal to the transgender and non-binary conforming community that their municipal leaders and city government care about them and that we respect their gender identity. I mean, there's so many times in our lives that we show our IDs, and this would just be one step in enduring, ensuring that you know transgender rights receive the dignity and respect that they deserve. So I was excited that that went through um, unanimously. I was surprised that there weren't as many people at public comment to talk about it. Got some really good press the next day. Yeah, and I think... I mean, we're in the policy order, you know, we point out that we want to work with our uh, LGBTQT commission mm-hmm. on this. Right. So, so we'll s- keep you updated. Stay tuned on that. We also talked about the real estate transfer fee, transfer tax. Uh, I've been working with Councilor Carlone and Mayor Mark McGovern on this issue. So for those of you who don't know, real estate transfer fees are a source of funding that cities can target towards affordable housing development programs. They can t- actually target it to a number of things mm-hmm. like open space. Here we'd be targeting it to affordable housing. Uh, such fees are applied at a time a property is sold, so revenue from a real estate transfer fee is largely based on the performance of the local real estate market, and vary, they vary in scope and use of revenues. So at Monday's meeting, we talked about how we have a hot real estate market. Still. Oh, so hot, and particularly commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, uh, this fee, uh, you know, this tax would comp- impose a fee or a range of fees on investors, developers, absentee landlords who buy property, who sell property at the time of sale. And ideally, it'd allow cities and towns to exempt certain transactions if they wanted, such as for senior citizens, low-income buyers, or transfers to family members and affordable housing developers. There's a lot of details to discuss and a robust process to be had. Councilor Toomey has been bringing this idea up since the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and past councils have talked about this on end. So my hope is that this year, 2019, we actually execute um, and move forward on what this could look like. We have really never started that process. And I think even if this takes a long time, we have to start somewhere. So um, the vote was for the city solicitor to draft a home rule petition for the ordinance committee to review so that we can, as a committee, further discuss scope, and exemptions and um, really the key details that need to be figured out. Yeah, and I think one of the key differences that um, might be at play here is that Somerville has something in front of the state legislature right now yes. and that there is a, actually a state house bill um, that's in committee around a real estate transfer tax. So there might be some momentum to be had. I mean, if you look at the commercial development versus the residential what the numbers would be it was like three to four million dollars around the residential, residential yeah. and then it was hun- like over a hundred million in the commercial um, area. So lots to just lots to discuss there. I'm sure um, one of the things I said at the meeting was when I was doing my research on what Somerville did, it seemed like they had a pretty robust um, community process that some people thought was too much, some people thought was yeah. not enough, but they ended up getting to a place where I think um, people were satisfied. Yeah. And, you know, they got something good in front of the governor. Um, so one of the other things we talked about on Monday night was um, the Arts Task Force actually met in December, and we decided on three different policies that we were going to put in front of the city council. Um, just to remind everyone, this Arts Task Force is made of 23 people, including working visual artists, dancers, theater professionals, musicians, as well as city staff and other interested stakeholders, and was appointed by the mayor. We're aiming to be a little bit more responsible than... Responsible. (laughs) Not that. (laughs) 
responsive sort of during the process than a typical task force, which would meet for nine months to a year and then generate a report at the end with recommendations. This task force and its members is looking to be a little bit more action driven. And these orders represent the collective will of the task force at last month's meeting on everyone's favorite funding. So just to give everybody an idea, in the fiscal 19 city budget, we only allotted about $1.1 million to support arts and programming. To put this in perspective, you know, everybody, we love this program, the participatory budgeting, but we allot $900,000 to that. So there's only a difference of 168000 um, 168, in between what we're saying we care about the arts and also participatory budgeting. So we just use that as a, a way to orient people. Um, one of the orders we um, asked for was the city look at creating dedicated funding streams for the arts through two different tax models. One would be using the hotel motel taxes and the adult use cannabis taxes that are coming online. So hotel motel taxes are used to fund the arts in places like New Bedford, Houston, Texas, Chicago, San Diego, California, and more as a form of cultural tourism. And according to a report called the Arts and Economic Prosperity Report, Cambridge brings a over $7 million annually in revenue from the arts, which is a really robust return over our pretty modest investment. So as a task force, we believe that this investment should go both ways and funding for the arts and the artists who create it with a dedicated revenue stream is critical. Um, so we look forward to um, having a robust conversation with the city at this point. The city is now putting together their fiscal 20 budget, um, and so this is actually the right time to be having this conversation around the, um, any sort of tax revenues being dedicated for arts um, and culture. So there's other indirect ways that the city can help support our artists, and we'll be bringing those forward as well in the months to come. But um, we had two other policy orders. One was around the Central Square um, cultural district, which has been in place since 2011. And it's a prestigious designation, but it comes with almost no state funding, so less than $5,000 annually. And so the Arts Task Force is kind of looking for ways to fund the cultural district to ensure um, that it thrives with, you know, like the mural project that just yeah. happened. You know, I don't know if people know this, but it cost over $140,000 to put something like that on. So if you think about five thousand dollars from the state that's really not enough it's nothing it's nothing yeah. i mean it's something it's something but <laughs> but it's, it's really pales. it doesn't doesn't really kind of bring you the oomph that you need in the cultural district to bring it alive so one of the things we were looking at was um in central square if you um don't build the amount of parking that is required by zoning you can pay into a fund um, and that's called the parking fund and then this order was asking that uh that fund be set up and a distribution mechanism be um, decided upon and that 25% of all of the funds from the parking fund actually go into fund the cultural district. And so then the last thing that we put in, we had three orders, was um, our percent for arts ordinance, which just basically says anytime we have a municipal project, 1% of the hard costs of construction, um, they actually put into public, on-site public art. So it's 40 years old, the ordinance, it's pretty loose, um, and it needs to be revisited in terms of its effectiveness. So there's been some projects where the 1% has been applied, and then there's been other projects that were, you know, uh, there was a $100,000 cap. So that's kind of one thing we want to make sure that the ordinance as written says 1% of hard costs. We have to make sure that there isn't a cap. The other thing is that it's, you know, for on-site public art, and you know, like let's say the Tobin School, for example. Right. That's a $230 million project. Let's say 
the 1% for arts is applied there. $2.3 million for on-site public art when we know that we have artists struggling or we have a mm-hmm. public art needs in other parts of the city. So um, the sewer the sewer separation project in the port actually used their 1% for art and had something called the flow grant. And they took all of that money and they granted it out to different arts organizations in the port. And that's a, just another mechanism. Yeah. Um, so this order was just to actually ask the city to look at the ordinance and how it can be revisited. And I'm hoping that that will be in front of ordinance uh, for some language and overhaul pretty soon. Thank you to you and the Arts Council for the amazing work that you're doing. I think it's really you know, critical that as you have the discussions, as you said, you put things into action. Because I think the reports, as we've seen in all the reports that our city has done, they're great. They're great. Sometimes they sit on the shelf. They sit on the shelf, and it's like almost two years later or right. one year later. And so this uh, is like an active conversation. Even if it takes a uh, amount of time, we're thinking about it, and we're actively thinking about how we can improve um, the environment for our arts community. So great yeah, job. Thank you. And the other thing I would say is um, – <laughs> I think about this all the time that the artists and people who create music mm-hmm. and um, dancers, they're often the ones that are asked to volunteer their time and volunteer their craft. And um, I'm very mindful that these folks come and volunteer their time yeah. yet again, um, two hours out of every month. And I want them to feel like it's something that's worth doing absolutely um, during the process. So um this has been really great. I have another one tonight, which is crazy. Oh, my God. And it's about public art. Oh, so yes. I'm excited because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, it's one of my favorite topics. Um, and we're really going to be talking about equity in public art. And um, Great topic. Great topic. I'm right? looking forward to hearing more. I, You know, I will, I will try to talk less at the city council <laughs> meeting. <laughs> so we have this app that um, <laughs> a friend of mine sent. And you can actually uh, put it on and record who who's talking and so it's for men you mm. know let's see how much men talk mm-hmm. at meetings and we were like oh i can't wait to try it out <laughs> and then i wouldn't shut up at and the then meeting. i was like alana you're just <laughs> you're, throwing the curve yeah. i was like okay well i didn't we'll use start. it for this <laughs> <laughs> we'll start next week no it's better you than uh, others so anyway thank you for all the work that you're doing it's given me a lot of food for thought as i embark on this task force for tenant displacement yeah i can't uh, wait to hear about yeah that. yeah uh so stay tuned on that so we have some sad news to report. Paul Wilson, a, um, a six-year-old man, uh, we learned on January 2nd, was beaten at Danahy Park uh, and died later in the evening uh, at the hospital. Uh, the cause was blunt force trauma, uh, and a baseball bat was found nearby. So in response, there's a community meeting tonight at 6.30 at the Peabody School Auditorium at 70 Ridge Ave. Tonight uh, being Thursday. Tonight is Thursday, January 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you get, you know, we've, we've been posting about this, but um, if you can attend, you should. It's The meeting is called by Mayor Mark McGovern and will include reps from the city manager's office, Cambridge Police Department, and the Middlesex District Attorney's Office to answer questions. Uh, and staff from the Riverside Trauma Center will also be available to support. Yeah, I was at a um, Cambridge Police Department stakeholder meeting this morning. Oh, I wanted to go. It was really a good one because Sheriff Katujian was there talking about Middlesex County and their data-driven yeah. policies. And I was kind of listening, thinking, 
we kind of do all of this in Cambridge. Like, and it's great that they're, you know, that they're doing it in the rest of Middlesex County. But it was, um, it was really interesting to look, to hear the sheriff talk about, um, you know, getting, you know, clinicians involved and social workers. And I'm like looking at our clinician and I'm looking at our social <laughs> workers. And so um, it's, it's great to know that Middlesex uh, County is also, you know, kind of pulling that together. And, and the district attorney was there this morning and I know she'll be there again tonight. But it's really scary to think yeah. that, you know, this was like seven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. um, you know, just outside of Danny Hugh Park. And, you know, it's it feels very random. And then um, I know that the police are treating it as though it's, you know, it could be random. It could be somebody that is known to this person. Yeah. It's just it's hard to think that somebody's out there just random. I, I don't know. It's anyway. so random. So we'll, And I hope for yeah. the, I hope for, you know, Mr. Wilson's family that yeah. they find some some something soon. Me too. We'll keep you posted on what happens. But if you have any information at all, you mm-hmm. need, should call the Cambridge Police non-emergency line, which is 349-3300. Um, any, any tips? Any tips, Anything yeah. at all would be helpful. And last night, one more update before we wrap it up, uh, we had an ordinance meeting uh, on a tree, an amendment to our current tree protection ordinance. Correct. Uh, it was a lively, lively discussion. It was. And, uh, you know, we heard from our staff uh, about some of the kind of the, the trade-off um, with uh, putting uh, an amendment through while there's a urban task force uh, meeting that's, they're still meeting and will be continuing to meet until May. Right. And the goal uh, was to guide, the goal of the task force, task force was to guide the development of the urban forest into the future and includes a strategic plan to evaluate, maintain, and expand the urban forest canopy while being more resilient to climate change, reducing the urban heat island effect, mitigating stormwater runoff, reducing nutrient runoff, and contributing to the community well-being. So that was like the stated goal. And they've done some great work. There's a lot of policy strategies that they're considering, which include... Like really detailed and kind of... Right taking like kind of best practices from across the country country, yeah um, and really beefing up our current ordinance yeah so uh, we discussed that and we discussed this tree uh, amendment forward and there's also a lot of public comment about having a moratorium on um Tree removals. Ca- ca- tree removals. Mm-hmm. So it was an intense discussion. So currently our ordinance says that um, you do not need a permit to pull down a tree unless you apply for a special permit for your project. Mm -hmm. So for example, my neighbor across the street one day just took down like eight trees in front of his house. And I was at the time was outraged because I had just gone through a six month process um, to put a dormer on my house. Right. You know, which I should, right? It's major construction. But at the same time, it changed the landscape of our whole neighborhood. And he didn't need a permit. He didn't need to have a hearing. He didn't need to tell the neighbors. so this or the amendment that Councillor Zondervan was suggesting would say that for anyone, even if you outside of a special project permit, anyone would need to apply for a permit from the Department of Public Works to pull a tree down. Um, and so I think, you know, as an interim step between now and when the Urban Tree Task Force, um, you know, finishes its work and has comes up with recommendations and proposes something, I, I think it's a great interim step pull a permit, I think it is going to put significant um, stress on our current staff. staff. Yeah. It's kind of like an unfunded mandate 
Um, and so that was is something that we would have to discuss because I don't think that that's... They have the capacity. They don't yeah. have the capacity. And, you know, I think it's a worthy goal. So we have to figure out a way to fund that worthy goal. What are our values, right? right. Um, but then at the meeting after public comment, Councilor Zondervan asked for a second amendment, which was, um, you know, the first amendment would, was to require a permit, but the second amendment was, and no permits shall be issued yeah. until after the Urban Tree Task Force uh, recommendations recommendations came in, um, and something was was on the, to change the ordinance. So it was kind of a last minute like kerfuffle. I thought. Yeah, I felt a little like thrown in at the last minute, and you know that wasn't the call of the meeting. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, uh, Councillor Kelly, who was the co-chair of the of the ordinance committee, you know, I think he very strongly felt like it wasn't good governance. Good governance to when it wasn't the call of the meeting to actually do that and then bring it forward to the full city council. So Councillor Zondervan did not um, end up putting in that second amendment, and so it will it will come to the council. Um, soon for soon. a vote for of the full body. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion to be had. We understand the urgency here, right? We, yeah. I mean, we have a rapidly decreasing tree canopy and we need to be doing things to fix it and things are happening. Uh, I think it was a good first discussion uh, and I think like, I agree with you and Concert Kelly last night, there was an hour or so of public comment mm-hmm. and then we had some discussion but it was, it, it didn't feel right to, to vote on the the issue of a moratorium because it wasn't even before us. We had no language. Right. Uh, anyway, we'll keep you updated. I don't think it's the last time we'll have a lot of spirited discussions on this. Or anything. <laughs> or anything. That's our life. <laughs> spirited discussions. Spirited. So what else is coming up? we got a couple of events coming up. Um, the first one, I think, is this weekend. Um, we are doing the Martin Luther King Food Drive, which happens in West Cambridge, um, where this is my fifth year I think yeah. where I drive around high school kids <laughs> and we drop off bags um, empty grocery bags onto the neighborhood or the porches or front uh, doors of every West Cambridge resident that just says we will come back on Martin Luther King Day on the 21st and pick up um, your food donation and then so all of those bags get brought back um, to the many helping hands day of service on the 21st at City Hall and it is sorted and then sent out to our network of food pantries. And it's actually really amazing. Um, it's a ton of food, a ton and ton of food. So that's happening um, this Saturday. And then the 21st is the Many Helping Hands, um, you know, the annual event Many where event, yeah. there's I, I sew the blankets for homeless individuals. We were there last night or last year, remember? Yeah, we were. And I hung out with Jasper. That's right. Um, I will be sewing again. Which will be fun, um, but there's also opportunities to make valentines and there's so much critical to do. care kits for you know people who are in the emergency room. And Lori Lander and her team put this on every um, every single year, and it's it's a wonderful event. And it's just it constantly just gets bigger. <laughs> I'm really sad to miss it this year. Where are you going? You know where I'm going. Oh my God, Celine Dion. <laughs> yes, everyone. I'm going to go see <laughs> Celine Dion in Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, I mean. I- <laughs> Please don't judge me. Um, life goals. <laughs> life goals. I think I think people will be supportive. You know, I give a lot of my time. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna time. wear a t-shirt. This is Counselor Siddiqui is at a Celine Dion concert. <laughs> I'm going with two of my best friends. It'll be great. Uh, so stay tuned to hear about that. The other event that I wanted to put on people's radar is our next Cambridge Dig Steep 
event on uh, January 26th. That's a Saturday, uh, starting at 12. It's at the high school uh, main cafeteria, and it'll be a follow-up uh, to our community forum, and it'll be more in a workshop style and digging okay. deeper on, um, and there'll be examples. There's it'll be there'll be a more small group discussion, and we'll talk about the the feedback from the last community forum. So I, I look forward to that. I hope that everyone can come. We had about over 150 at our last I event. Was, and I learned a lot. Yeah, a lot of people walked away learning a lot. So stay tuned. I'll be reminding you as um, the date gets closer. I, yeah. I saw you on CCTV with the mayor and Dr. Amante and and Susan. Yes, yes. Uh, so that's, um, I was in this outfit. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I know. <laughs> I wear the same thing every day. <laughs> My, I literally have like two suits. Oops. <laughs> it's Those suits are expensive. So Amen. That's why I don't wear them. I know. I sh- yeah, I need to not. Uh, so that's on ccgv.com. So definitely uh, tune Yeah, definitely in. if you tune in because I, I actually learned a lot um, through that too. Oh, good. It's interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so we'll leave on one note. Um, my mom has been sent. My mom's been sick. She has a flu, poor thing. Uh, but she's hasn't been going to work and she's been sending me gifts. <laughs> on your, like texting on my, you? On texting me. Like literally, has, uh, there's like, more. I, right I now. see them. I see them coming. She's just, there's so many. <laughs> they're from Disney. <laughs> So before we started, I was talking to Alana about it, and she was like, oh, my God, my daughter is doing the same thing. Yeah, we were comparing our, our phones, um, my daughter and my text, and Sumble and her mom's text, and they're they're pretty much the same. It's just like little like <laughs> emojis, <laughs> bitmojis, gifts, and then like a lot of like, I love you, I love you. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to like being <laughs> In my 60s and Jasper being in her 20s and just having sort of the same text thread. I thought it was just because she was 11. I know, right? But it's not. it's not. It's not. We're just like sending like all these I love you tags, like the bear. Like, Oh, I know. That one's so cute. So cute. She's just like, and she's doing it over and over because it, she oh, doesn't She think doesn't know that it, she, she said it didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you have that to look forward to. I, you know what? I'm excited because I was I like, didn't want it to end. It's so cute. Like I'll just get like a random pusheen. You know, know what you know pusheen is? Yeah, I'm yeah pushing yeah, yeah. the cat. It's always like it's so welcome on my phone because it's usually like work stuff, and then I get a pusheen text. It's so nice. It's so right? nice. It just like fills my bucket up. Right. Like I need my mom. You need your daughter. Yeah. Like this is like a such a trying uh, <laughs> job that these gifts make us so. <laughs> Listen, if you can't have Prozac. Right. <laughs> you have gifts, all right? <laughs> anyway, we hope that uh, everyone has a great week ahead, and we'll see you very soon. Yeah, we're, we're not going to wait three weeks. We'll be back next week. Yeah, season two. Season, <laughs> season two. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you are interested in um, hearing about anything, please tweet at us. I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at Sumble Sid, S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. And if you have suggestions on topics, on guests. Um, anything. Anything. TV shows. Yeah. Restaurants. Yes. yes. Reach out to us. Yeah, please do. And thanks, as always, for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. <laughs>